Welcome to the Rory Runback. I'm your host, Jeff Marone, and I have a great interview for you guys today with Coach John Kavanaugh. He's the head coach of boys basketball at Classical High School, and I'm happy to bring to you an Arise Sports Focus podcast. We will deep dive into our local high school, college, and athletic programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Roadie Run Back episode 81, and I have a great interview for you guys today with Coach John Kavanaugh. He is the head coach of Classical Boys Basketball Team. Just a great interview with Coach Kavanaugh. I really enjoyed our conversation. Coach talks about his playing time, playing at South Virginia, how he really got into coaching, and the players that he's coached. He's coached some great players over the over the years. Uh, Keelan Ives, uh, David Duke, who's, you know, on a well on a pace to a professional career and the guys that he coached this year marquise buchanan stanley ure uh ned fitzpatrick uh alex geis and evans uh just a great interview overall with coach kavanaugh i really enjoyed our conversation just a great guy overall a lot of fun so this interview is a lot of fun so i hope you guys enjoy it as well but before we get into that interview remember you guys can watch and also listen to this episode on youtube or stay tuned here on the podcast platform that you listen to just remember to hit that like share and subscribe button on those platforms it'd be greatly appreciated uh, but thank you guys for tuning in as always here is the interview with coach john Kavanaugh. all right on today's show i welcome on a very special guest he's a two-time coach of the year and head coach of classical high school boys basketball team i welcome on coach john Kavanaugh. coach how are you today I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing during these COVID times, Coach? Uh, we're getting through. You know, school's, school's a little weird. Um, but, uh, you know, it's great that we were able to have a season. Um, I'm grateful that the, the league was able to schedule that and get us in. Um, even it was, a, you know, obviously a short season. But, um, you know, I thought that overall it was great that to get back with the guys and, and um, give them a chance to play. And, you know, we ended up having a pretty good season, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was, I mean, it was great to see you guys on the floor and see everyone take the floor and be able to play basketball and without really any too many big issues this year, which was kind of nice to see. Yeah, it was. I, I honestly coming in just knowing that a lot of kids hadn't hadn't been working out, hadn't been getting in shape like they normally would for a season um, or coming off another sport. I was a little concerned with you know if there were going to be a lot of knee injuries or things of that nature more weight related or just functional movement kind of injuries um then you know like a rolled ankle or something like that, that stuff can happen anytime but i was surprised you know we, we got through uh fairly unscathed throughout the whole season so um i know you know most of the teams at least in d1 did as well yeah yeah that's great it's, that's yeah like you said you never know especially i know i spoke to some kids are like i haven't played basketball in a year like it's it's crazy yeah, have that yeah. i mean we we lost the year before in the in the quarter in the preliminary game of the divisionals and didn't make the open. So we finished, you know, late February. Wow. And, you know, we didn't, we went, you know, eight months before we got back in the court, nine months before we got back in the court. We were actually no longer. It was probably like 10. So it was, it was crazy. We were allowed to work out in the summer, which um, I'm grateful that our, our superintendent was allowed us to do that. 
Um, so it was good to get back with them in the summer, get around them again, collect uniforms. I hadn't even done that yet, so I had to collect <laughs> uniforms over the summer. But it was just good to get back with everyone and, um, you know, just be around each other, you know. We, we enjoy each other. Part of the yeah. reason we do this, you know. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's awesome. Uh, Coach, before we get into this, we talk about like this great, more about the crazy season, everything like that. I want to know, how did you get into basketball? Um, well, I grew up playing. Um, I played at uh, Lady of Providence before it closed under the legendary Joe Hassett. Um, and then I played my last years at LaSalle under Ed Haru. And then after graduating high school, I ended up playing four years at Salve, Regina, Newport. Um, the current head coach there now, Sean Foster, was actually one of my teammates. He was a freshman when I was a senior there. And um, I ended up going to grad school, becoming a teacher, uh, started teaching special education at Central High School. And the girl's job just happened to open after like my third year teaching, second or third year teaching. And um, I had never coached uh, a team uh, at, at the high school level. I had helped out when I was in grad school. I had helped out with a, a D2 NAIA school up in Vermont. Um, kind of, you know, help run some drills and practice, give them some plays I remembered from when I, you know, when I was in college, high school. And, but I got the opportunity and um, went for it and got the job. And it was, it was great. And I, I fell in love with coaching right away. You know, I was, I was a average player, average to below average player in high school and college, you know, role player, come off the bench, start a handful of games here and there, you know, if somebody was hurt or in trouble or whatever. But um, I felt I was much more comfortable as a coach than I was as a player, to be honest with you, on the court. Um, and, you know, we, I coached girls at Central for four years. The, we, we won out. We, my first year, we won the D3 title. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, that was, that was incredible to experience. And then um, I started working in high basketball camp with Todd Keefe, who was the coach of classical at the time. He was the JV coach. Uh, and he ran this camp at classical and he worked with me at Central as a phys ed teacher and, you know, became friends. And I had known Todd prior. I'd known him when I was in high school and he was at playing at Rick. But I started working camp with him. We got close. And then an opportunity came to jump over to the boys' job at classical as, as the assistant coach. And I was able to do that after four years with the girls. Wow. Um, and then I was the JV coach for three years. Um, and then Todd Keefe left and became the head coach of Central. And then I became the head coach at Classical. Oh, wow. That's, well, that's, that's, that's the abridged version. Yeah, that's the abridged version. Um, but, you know, it, it, my last year with the girls, I was actually helping out with Classical boys because oh. I, wasn't able to, I wasn't able to switch over that one year because mm -hmm. just, I was, they didn't want to open up a head position to, you know, fill up a JV position So in the, in the district. So I was actually coaching the girls. And then I was done. I'd, go to, I'd walk next door to Classical and I'd help out with the varsity in practice, playoff games, Christmas tournaments. So, you know, it was good because I got my foot in the door and I got to know the kids a little bit better. Um, I knew some of them from camp, but it was nice to get over there and kind of get under Coach Keith and see how he ran things. And I learned a ton from him as a, as a coach. That's crazy. So you had like a double dosage of basketball, like one Yeah, it was, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. Not, not everyone was happy I was doing that, but it, it worked out well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely worked out well. I mean, what was like some of the things that you worked out from, uh, like, learned from Coach Keith, and that you were able to kind of take under your own philosophy? Uh, a lot of stuff I learned under under Todd was game situations, um, to look for um, player tendencies. Uh, like I said, I I I went into coaching kind of 
fresh, like I hadn't coached at other levels. And I went right in as a head coach for the girls program. Yeah. And yeah, it was D3 girls basketball, but you know, it, I had some talented kids that we, we played hard and, you know, we did our thing, but going to the boys game, it was, you know, bigger, stronger, faster. And, um, but I learned a lot of things on the Todd about, you know, how to run different drills. Um, and even working the camp at the time, um, I worked with a lot of coaches in the, in the state. Uh, Al Butler was at East Providence at the time. Uh, we had a strength trainer that was a football coach at East Providence. Charlie Holiday from Mount Pleasant worked with us for a while. Mark Bayhay worked with us. He coached in the South, is now an official. Sean Kelly worked with us. He's now the AD and coach over at Wheeler. So I was around a lot of basketball minds, and I was able to kind of pick and learn from them. Coaching under Todd, I got a lot of opportunities, too. I was able to, to run a, a lot of practices. I was able to coach some varsity games on top of the JV games. Um, so I think in my three years as an assistant under Todd, I think I coached close to 10, 10 varsity games, which is rare. There's not a lot of JV coaches that allowed, you know, that have that opportunity to go to get that experience, you know. And there were games, there were some big games. There were games my first year we were, uh, we were undefeated and we were playing West Warwick was coming in. They were undefeated. They had a 6'8 center. They had a 6'6 power forward. And they were legit. We ended up seeing them again in the state title that year and beat them then. But, you know, I remember going to scout. They were playing uh, uh, Juanita Sanchez. Yeah. Was it? I think it was Juanita Sanchez and Fatima. I forget which. But they went and played, like, before they played us. And I went scout and I literally wrote down everything they did. <laughs> and we, I'm calling stuff out as they're calling. I'm like, they're doing this. They're doing that. And um, it, it was just, it was a great opportunity. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be as successful as I have been um, as a head coach if I hadn't had that time on the top. That's, that's great. That, that's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like such a great experience. And yeah, you know, it was, this, it was. This, the scouting aspect, is it, what, do you enjoy the scouting aspect of coaching? No, no, no you don't I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I honestly don't. I, um, my, my uh, philosophy over the last 10 years has always been if we go out and do what we're what we're supposed to do and we do it the way we've been taught to do, we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, that was my message this year. You know, obviously this year you couldn't go scout. However, every game was, you know, televised or, or streamed. Um, and then I have assistant coaches that will go watch games. And, you know, I have one assistant coach that will go, he'll go to every game that he possibly can. And I flat out tell him, like, you don't have to. Like, I, we, I've been coaching in the state long enough. I know most of the programs. I know what their kind of tendency, you know, their zone team with their man team with their pressing team, kind of what they'll play on offense. You, you know who the better players are on each team. And again, if you just go out and do what you do, I think you'll be fine. Now, granted, I've, I've had a lot of tremendous players that have come to my program. I've been, I've been blessed. Um, so it's different for other programs. Other coaches have different philosophies and that's fine. That, that's how they do it. But for me to, to say, I'm, all right, I'm going to go run a two and a half hour practice and then I'm going to go sit and I'm going to go to another gym and watch another game to go back the next day and practice and do this, review the same things we just did today. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, like I said, I know other schools will send assistant coaches out to multiple games a night to see this guy playing, see that guy playing, what they do in this situation, what they do in that. I don't think any of us, and this isn't a knock on anyone, but I don't think any of us are doing anything too groundbreaking. Basketball is basketball. We've all seen it. You're either going to be, a, you know, be a man team or a zone team or a pressing team. You're going to run either a motion offense or a ball screen offense or, you know, you know, overload on a zone or what. But, uh, you know, like everyone knows that classical plays man. We play pack line man. We've played pack line man for 14 years. It's 
next year is not going to change. <laughs> I'll say next year we're going to be gold. You're going to be a great two, three team. It's just not going to happen. It's just not my philosophy. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I, I drill my guys daily on what we do, uh, both on offense and defense. And, um, you know, we do a lot, we spend a lot of time on skill work and practice as well. And, and I think it's worked out well for us. Yeah, I would definitely say so. You guys have had very successful seasons and you yourself have had very successful seasons. When you run like the pack line, what was that like teaching it to the, like the upcoming freshmen and young men? Does that like in, like in your programs or like, because I used to run the pack line when I actually coached too. So I'm interested yeah. in how you thought it. So the first time I started using it, I, when I was running the JV at classical, um, it was crazy. My, my first two years of classical, we lost one league game in two years wow. uh, to Shetty. And Shetty was stacked that, that one year. We lost at Shetty. We just, they did a great job of kind of that, that little court and we just couldn't get the ball into our big guy. Was the reigning Gary player of the year. And we ended up just firing up shots in that court. We just played like we didn't know ba what basketball was. Yeah. And so we, we had two years, literally we had one loss in the season. We won back-to-back -back division two championships would be West Warwick and we beat Narragansett. My third year, we graduated all those guys and we literally played with five point guards. We played two, three, and we shot threes. That's all we did. We would pump as much air on the ball as possible. So until it was ready to pop because we needed as many long rebounds as we could so we could get out and run. And, uh, you know, but that year, it was my last year as JV, I had two players who were absolute studs, uh, Ishmael Batista and Terrell Toe. They ended up becoming All-Staters, State Champs, 1,000-point scorers for me. Um, you know, they won every award you could possibly think of. The following year, my first year as varsity, we moved up to Division One, And these guys, basically my JV team from the year before, became my starting five for varsity. So I had these two studs. I had Keelan Ives as a freshman. And he didn't last the season for me. And then I had, you know, I had a, a six, I had a five, nine power forward. And I had one center who was about six, three, but probably weighed, you know, as much as a pencil. <laughs> and we would, we were in every game. There were like three games the entire year. We got beat badly. The rest of the games, we, you know, we'd go down, we'd make a run, we'd come close, but we won one game that year. And it was crazy because when I transitioned over the varsity and brought these guys up, I had to give them some chance, some fighting chance against these teams. Like we're playing Central, who was stacked at the time. We're playing Cranston West. We're playing Hendrickson. We're playing St. Ray's. And so I came up with the idea of let's run the pack. That way, when the guy's got the ball, he's looking at a man on him and a guy in each gap. So he's basically looking at a wall of three everywhere he is in the court. And it worked. You know, the first time we ran it was against Central. And it gave us a fighting chance. You know, it really did get, we packed the lane. We made teams try to shoot over the top of us. Um, it helped us rebound and helped us kind of get on transition and it worked that year. And then it just kept adding to it, adding to it, adding to it, different ways to cover ball screens, some run and jump stuff, right? It's been my philosophy every year to this day, including the season, beginning of the season, I'm going to go out, I'm going to tape the line. I'm going to tape the pack line on the court and say, we're going to work on, you better be inside that line. If you're not on the ball, you better be inside the pack. line. Yeah. And we drill it, you know, every day. So um, it's become a big part of what we had. I, I've been harassed by assistant coaches of mine that say, oh, we got to do this. We got to deny the wings. You get this. No, you don't. Let's just do this. And, and, and we drill it every day. And my kids, you know, for the most part, they, they've grasped it. They grasped the concepts, um, how we play the post. We haven't been blessed with a lot of hype of my career. We've had some bigs, but not a ton. 
but we play positional defense um and it, it's just it's worked for us yeah it's great it's awesome yeah that's how it was just funny it was interesting to hear about how you taught it because we used to do the same thing we used to put all the tape put the yep. tape on the floor you should drive me nuts though because like the janitor would come in and like scrape up the tape i had to come put it back down on like the next we actually, we actually had one year where they didn't pull it up and they they lacquered the floor they would redo the floor every christmas break because we'd be away we'd always go out of state for our tournaments yeah and they lacquered right over it so it was there for the season so <laughs> that's nice that's nice i wish i was able to get away with that yeah. they weren't happy about it they didn't, <laughs> the guys didn't take it up because oh it's supposed to be there so, yeah yeah, yeah it's supposed it to be yeah, it's part of the part of the court. And now you mentioned, Coach, that you guys you want to you want to state championship in 2013. Uh, you know, what was that? What was that accomplishment accomplishment to win a state championship in 2013? Um, that team was special. Um, so that team, that was the guys that played my last year at JV, uh, Ishan Terrell, and then the following year, Keelan. Um, that became the three-headed monster going to that year. All three of them reached a thousand points that year together. Uh, Keelan did as, as a junior. So Ish and Terrell uh, reached a thousand point mark in back-to-back games. Uh, Terrell did in a 4-0 time loss against Mount Pleasant. And then the next, or two nights later, we played one socket on Cox Sports. It was actually televised and Ish got his thousand. And then we were in the state semifinals against North Smith and then Keelan got his thousand. So then that, that's, I don't know what other schools had. I think Davies, Back in like the in the nineties, early two thousands, had three guys go for a thousand. But that team was special. I had role pit players who accepted their roles, and you know my bigs basically were there to, to set screens, play defense, roll. You know they get an opportunity to score, they take it. But those three guards just they terrorize the state. They 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 averaged a combined about sixty one points a game. Oh my god! Um, I mean they were they were t- and they they were all different types of players. Terrell was my shooter. He could just he could just lock in and just knock down threes. Uh, Ish was my leading rebounder for four years at five eight five nine, wow. um, and he was the toughest kid in the state. He would he, he was a mid range game. He's a thousand point scorer as a guard, and he probably made less than thirty threes in his career. That's crazy. So he was all mid range to the rim, and if he missed a shot, he was going to go get the rebound, whether you had it or not. He was going to get it off you, and he was going to score and get an and one. It was guaranteed. I'd yell him all the time to get back on defense to the point where everyone's yelling at me, like, just let him go. Like, he's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, and then I had Keelan Ives, who was my – Keelan was my best player I've ever had. Um, Keelan did it all. He could score in any way possible, whether it be from three, mid-range, pull up, off screens, get into the rim, through contact. I mean, he just progressed so much over his career for me that, uh, you know, that's why he became a D1, D1 player. Um, so he was, I mean, he scored 1,666 points basically in three years. His wow. freshman year, he bit, he didn't make it to the season for me. Uh, just a combination of, of stuff, behavior, grades, all kinds of things. It's, yeah. His story has been well documented. And, uh, but he and I have uh, just a very special relationship. We talk probably weekly. Um, and, but he literally did it all for us. He, he was, he was the, the the pilot of that of that ship. He just led us to the championship. That's so, awesome. And as the team that came off a one win season two years prior, to go from one win, the following year missing a shot at the buzzer in the elite eight against against a, basically missing a, a wide open layup against Central to go to the final four, and then the following year win the title. So it was it was a great ride with those kids. 
That's awesome. That's great. And the group that won it in 2016, yeah. in the D1 town in 2016, they were freshmen in that in my program at the time. And they came with us throughout all the playoff games. So when we played against, you know, Hope at Brown, when we played against Wesley at PC and the two games that we were at, they were sitting on our bench. So all these kids that end up going back there as seniors sat on my bench as freshmen kind of like they were the stats guy or they were the towel boy or water boy. So basically I was getting titles so they could be there. Yeah. And, uh, but I feel like that experience really got them ready to see what they could do. And when four years later, they got back there. You know? That's that's crazy. That's great. And that's yeah. awesome that you're able to get that experience. What's it like to coach too? Cause you coach some great talent, like Keelan and then David Duke and Sean Duke. Yeah. What's it like to coach guys like that and just have them come through your program? Um, Keelan was a challenge. Not gonna lie. He knows yeah. it. Uh, love him dearly. He's, he's my son, but, Keelan was a challenge. He had to he had to learn that he didn't know it all, and he he had to follow rules, and he had to you know do the classwork and everything else. Um, but when he bought in, he became just the best leader I've ever had. Um, I've said it earlier this season. Marquise Buchanan reminds me a lot of Keelan. Yeah, uh, a lot of similar qualities. Um, but Keelan was a kid that. Uh, no one worked harder than him in practice. He wanted to win every drill. He wanted to win every scrimmage. And he wanted to pull everyone along with him. And, you know, he won it in 2013. We went, we lost in the D1 finals to Hope and won the state championship. We come back the following year and he loses, you know, his two gunslingers. He loses Terrell and Ish to graduation. Terrell went to Bryant and walked down to Bryant. Ish went to PC on, a, on an academic scholarship. And now he's playing with sophomores, you know, in the starting lineup with them. And he had to drag those kids along. And, and I told him, I said, you're burdened with the, you're burdened with the, with youth. You know, you're, 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 you're the best player on a youthful team and you got to lead these guys. And he took it, he took it and he did the best possible job he could and led us to, we ended up going to the final four of uh, the divisionals and losing to North Kingston. And then we went to the elite eight and lost in the final minute to LaSalle who ended up winning that all that year. Wow. Um, you look at a kid like David, you know, again, uh, kind of a strange beginning. David came in as a five, six hundred and fifteen pound freshman. I mean, he, to, to see what David is now compared to when I first met him, um, it's it's astounding. Um, he, I, so Terrell Toe is actually his cousin, and his cousin Calvin Jones, who runs Camp Arrow, is yeah. also his cousin. So Calvin and Terrell both tell me, "Oh yeah, my cousin David's coming in next year. He's going to be a stud." Da, da, da. I go meet him in the, in the off season at a camp and I'm looking at this kid. I'm like, he's like smallest guy I've ever had coming into my program. Like, what are you talking about? Oh no, he'll be playing varsity as a freshman. Well, that didn't happen. He swung, but that was just like NBA. Like we need some guys to come up for practice. Yeah. <laughs> that summer I had, um, I ran a camp at Wheeler with Sean Kelly and uh, I hadn't seen David in a few months and he comes in the camp and he's like six one. And I'm like, what the, what happened to you? <laughs> and I remember I gave him a pair of running sneakers. They were like a size 10 and a half or something I had. Yeah. Gave him a pair of sneakers. By October, he was wearing a 13. My God. I'm like, good God. So that year, you really saw the potential as a sophomore. Like you saw glimpses. Like he wasn't consistent. He still kind of learned how to play. But, you know, you saw the athletic ability. He had the length. Uh, but he had to learn how to play at that size. And I remember we had our December Madness kind of, you know, uh, pep rally kind of thing we do every year. and. He had dunked once prior to this night. 
uh, at Vincent Brown with a couple of his buddies. Yeah. And then he came to the thing, we're doing two line laps and everyone's, everyone's trying to dunk, but David's dunk got the dunk got the dunk. He runs by him and he's like, Cav, I don't know where this is coming from. Yeah. I'm like, you're athletic. Like, <laughs> you're better. Yeah. And, you know, going into his junior year, um, you just saw it like he was just oozing potential. And he struggled early. He was dealing with a hamstring injury. And once we kind of got the hamstring injury under control and, you know, he knew it wasn't going to be a, a lingering problem or anything else, he, he really blossomed. And then once, once the playoffs started, he just took over. Yeah. So, you know, David was a late bloomer. He was, he was young for his grade. That's part of the reason that he went prep that he was young, his birthday was in November. And, you know, he just had to kind of grow into, he, he needed two things. He needed to grow into his body and he needed people to believe him. Yeah. And I think we allowed both to happen. And, um, you know, to see where he's at now on the cusp of, you know, a pro career, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, you know? it's awesome. So, yeah, so it, it, like I said, I've had a lot, I've been blessed with a lot of great players of my career. Um, you know, a lot of kids that have come through and just done the dirty work, a lot of kids that have put in, tireless number of hours uh working out you know getting in the weight room being sure they're in shape getting in the gym shooting playing AU and everything else so I've been very fortunate yeah it's great I mean I feel like classical is always like a team that's that you when the the gauntlet I call it the vision one it's like you have to go through that gauntlet of like classical yeah I, know, I appreciate teams. that yeah we, we, we've had some lean years the last couple of years not gonna <laughs> lie uh but I think this year I think that this this group really put us back on the map yeah, and what was it like working with this group? I mean, you had a great group of kids like Stanley, Yuri, yeah. uh, Marquise. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, your start old starting five were just a bunch of. It seemed like a bunch of great kids. Ned, like, what was it like yeah. working with this group this year? Um, well, it's so, you know, you had Ned and Stanley who've been in my program for four years, um, and they were, you know, they they worked their tails off, both played AU, and you just saw their growth year in year out. Um, Ned, um. I wouldn't say I'm most proud of it, but Ned had a, just a, a phenomenal year. Ned, I had plans of Ned being like my varsity point guard as a sophomore, and he just struggled. And at that point, I said, oh, you know what, I'm going to put you back down on JV, get you a little more seasoning. And they had a great year on JV. They went to the JV championship, and it was him, Stanley, and Marquise. And then last year, he struggled. He just struggled defensively. Um, he would get lost. And I just, I always have a policy where I'm not going to put kids in a situation where they're not going to be successful. I feel that hurts them more. You know, yeah, they might be getting playing time, but if they're going out there and getting exposed every night or struggling or getting embarrassed, then that, that's, that, that defeats the purpose. Yeah. So he really had to earn minutes. He came in this year, and he, you could tell he was a completely different player. Um, Stanley, same thing. Stanley just puts the work in. You know, he, he still – he hasn't even scratched his potential, I feel. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's got all the oh, – the, the, a bunch of, like, the uh, Little East Conference schools looking at him, and I think wherever he ends up, he's going to have a tremendous career. A big addition was Alexis Del Judas. Um, you know, we didn't know we were getting Lex until late in the summer. Um, and he kind of gave us an edge. Um, he gave us some physicality. Yeah. Um, and he gave us an inside presence. Even though I, if you look at my roster, and I joked with uh, the league and everyone else, but I, I put all guards. I had 13 guards, <laughs> no forwards, no center. Everyone's a guard. Yeah. And, um, but he gave us a presence inside because of his physicality his ability to finish around the rim, just being a lefty. I've had a couple lefties, but I have three specific ones that have just been tremendous. Malik Chase, Ronnie Theodore, and Alexis Dojus. Just that lefty game, it's it's sneaky. Yeah. My brother's lefty. It was tough to play against. You don't expect it. And he just brought a different dimension to our program. And then I look at 
a kid like uh, Evanson, Evans still developing. You know, he he had some some really good moments. He had some really poor moments, but I think overall he had a pretty good season. But you know, he he's shown that he needs to continue to progress, and I think he will. And then you have Marquise, and Marquise literally did everything I possibly could ask of a kid. Um, he was in a precarious situation coming in over the last three years. So his freshman year, he came in with a lot of hype. I know his brother well, Leonard Williams, who was an All-State at Mount Pleasant. Um, we still work out Leonard and, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, my brother Marquise is coming. I knew he was talented. And I planned on him playing Bossy as a freshman. He struggled with some of the academic expectations of classical, so we ended up playing JV and swinging. And then last year, you know, I ended up starting him off the ball. And then I'd say probably within three or four games, he just assumed the point guard position. And my point guard at the time was plenty happy to give him the ball. And go run to the corner. So I'm like, all right, well, let's go with it. You know, and and he played well. But last year's team, there was a lot of uh, we had a lot, we had three seniors in the starting lineup, we had a junior, and we had a sophomore running the point. So you hope that when you have a team like that, that the upperclassmen are gonna pull the younger guys and the young guys are gonna push the yeah. older guys. Well, that push pull went the opposite way, and they just butted heads all year long. Oh, so it was difficult. He was in a tough position. Yeah. And he took a lot of um, unnecessary blame and probably took also some unnecessary uh, credit. And, um, but this year he came in and it was just like, I'll do whatever it takes to win. And he proved it. The kid was my best on ball defender. You know, he was, like I said, he, his leadership qualities were very, are very similar to Keelan's. He's got to work on his approach at times. Um, but I think overall he just had a, just a phenomenal year. And I'm, I'm, um, when we did the the All State Committee and they decided they were going to do a Player of the Year, um, I just said I didn't want you know it wasn't going to be my vote to say Marquise's Player of the Year it was the other coaches, and I but I could not be prouder that he was elected that because I was telling him all the season, you're the best player in the state, just go lead us to a title like you're the best player in the state. He can do it all. He can score in transition, hit the three, hit the mid range, gets the rim, make free throws. He's a lockdown defender on the ball. He's a great defender off the ball. He knows where everyone is supposed to be on the court on both ends. Um, he's vocal, sometimes too vocal, <laughs> but um, but I could always count on him, you know. And he and I have just really, from where he was as a freshman, a little bit of a knucklehead, and he knows this. Uh, but where he is now, it, it, it's been great to see him progress. And I think that he and I just have a great relationship. That's great. That's awesome. And, you know, and you mentioned he's like a great point guard. How much so like, does that help you out with your coaching? Cause you have, you actually have like a coach on the floor. Like how much. Does yeah. That so out? I've, I, that's one of the, the, the years that I haven't had a true leader on the, on the floor as a point guard, the years we struggled. And I look back at my career, I had Ishmael uh, as my first true point guard. And then, but he was more of a scoring guard. And then Keelan kind of took that position and led us. And then I went to Will Levitin who ended up you know, going to URI and, and, and walking on URI and we all last story. Um, and then it went to, um, at the will, we went to Kenny Hill, um, who actually uh, lived with me for a year. I actually fostered him for a year. And then um, the next couple of years, we kind of struggled in that position. And then Marquise came in, he's kind of assumed that position and taken over. So the years that we've struggled have been the years that I've, that I've struggled at the point guard position. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure if it's just the, the style that I coach, the type of offense I run. I try to mix it up yearly to some extent yeah. to kind of match what we have. But, um, you know, I, I've had to go more five out last two or three years. And, you know, not having a true big man last two years, it was more, you know, 
motion offense, which it works and it doesn't work at times, but you know, but uh, they, you know, I think overall I've been fortunate to have some very good point guards in my program. And um, the one thing I can say is that we do help develop kids. Um, I have three, I look at the end of a season and I don't judge it if we won a title or not, because some years you're not going to have it. Some days all the teams is better. Yeah. So I base my, the success of my program on three things. Do I finish the year with the same amount of kids I started with? That means no one failed off. Do we improve on a day-to-day basis? And do my kids improve as players? And I think we do a great job of developing our kids. We run skills, uh, like 25 to 30 minutes of skill work every day in practice. Um, there are practices where we'll, we'll just kind of cut the show and we'll just be, basically turn into a workout. I've ran enough camps through uh, Aim High and my own and running, you know, running camps for, for Chris Heron that um, – I know when we can, you know, different drills and to work on folks on different things, whether it be bigs or guards or whatever. And, um, you know, I think we've done a good job of just developing kids and they've, they've improved their skill during the course of the season, which is tough to do. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean, like I was going to ask how many uh, college games you have to watch. Cause I feel like you all have a bunch of division one college players. Between Keelan, I was able to see Keelan play uh, a couple of times. Uh, both at Ryder and at um, when he went to, to Southern Connecticut. Um, obviously, I've seen David play a bunch of times. I was able to, to go to the PCURI game, and I was hoping it was like a nine-point game with like 30 seconds, and I was hoping Coach Cox would put in Will for the last 30 seconds being in the game was at the dunk, and I could get David and Will on the court. I got a great picture of the three of us after the game, but I was hoping I could get that moment with the two of them on the court, but it didn't yeah. happen. And then Keelan ended up leaving Ryder because they used to play PC every year because uh, Coach Cooley and Coach Bagger were good friends. And I was hoping I could get that matchup, the, you know, the, the Keelan versus David matchup because there's so much trash talking with that. Yeah. Um, which I used to get a lot of it too. But, um, <laughs> but, but you know, it, it's just been, um, it's been great to see guys, you know, go to the next level, um, you know, get their chance on the court, get their moment. Um, and then, you know, I try to, you know, I'm lucky because I do have a lot of kids, not this year because of COVID, but normally over the course of the season, I will have a bunch of alumni come back, yeah. come back to practice, they'll work out, they'll want to scrimmage the varsity team, which some years it's good, other years they just get their butt kicked. Yeah. Um, it's funny to see some guys that come in and just completely out of shape. Like, you f- <laughs> did you forget what we do here? Like, yeah. you've done this. Like, <laughs> you're not just going to come off the street and run up and down, you're going to be dead. Yeah. And uh, but it's it's great, and that's one of the other things I, I kind of pride myself with with my program is that uh, the legacy of my program is going to be the kids that came out that came out of it, yeah. and the fact that they want to come back um, and be a part of it and see the guy the local the current guys they want to talk to them they want to instruct them they want to give them pointers and they just want to be around us that that speaks volumes to me. So, like I said, you're not going to win a title every year unless you're, you know, Hendrickson. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, but you know, I I found ways to to gauge our program and our success that I think are a little bit more realistic. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of my one of my favorite things is when the kids come back to see guys that played for me three, four, five years ago, um, and then around the holidays, uh, there's always you know group chats you know, have, you know, Merry Christmas or whatever. And it's always like, you know, the 2016 team, the 2013 team. And they come on my phone, I'm like, oh crap, I still had that. <laughs> and uh, it's funny, after we beat Mount Pleasant in the playoffs, I had I went down to my locker room 
to my office and I grabbed my phone and I had like 72 messages, 72 text messages. And like 53 of them were between four of my 20 members of my 2016 team just telling me how, yeah, we're going to come to practice. Yeah. We're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to give a speech. I'm like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> you <laughs> no. <can't do> that. <laughs> yeah. And then finally one of them was like, what are we going to talk about? Like, what are you talking about? So, but that, that's, you know, that's been great. It's, it's been um, one of the best parts of, of, for me, for my career is just getting around these kids and getting to know them and become a part of their lives. And they become part of my life and to spend that time and see them, as they're going to college, graduating college, working, um, and then being able to have kids just reach out and say hello, or they want to come back and help out, or they want to volunteer. That's it's been phenomenal. That's awesome. That's great. I think I think that's amazing. I think it's like the best part about being a coach is like you have always make yeah, those connections. Absolutely. Yeah, that's 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 amazing. I just have a few more questions and we'll, we'll wrap it up. What can you um what can you say about like this year's team like dealing with the adversity of wearing the mask and you know, playing in a shortened season and everything that had happened this year. Yeah, um, I, I think that's a testament to the leadership of of of, 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 of Marquise <laughs> and Stanley and Ned and uh, you know Alexis coming in and wanting to be a part of the program and, and kind of letting it, kind of letting it come to him, not forcing stuff. And um, the kids wanted to play, and they were you know kids are resilient. They're good, they're going to make adjustments. And I see a school, so I'm a dean of students at Central High School. Mm-hmm. and you know we take temperature checks every day when the kids come in and the kids just come in and they just stop and wait and, you know push the all right take my temperature like it, mm-hmm. it becomes second nature for them it doesn't become a big thing and i'm not sure it's a good or bad thing <laughs> but you know they um they're very resilient you know they they wanted to play they wanted to have this experience they believed that we could be have a good season and they were right and you know we did things this year that we haven't done before we we have not I played and coached in the state for close to 30 years. I never won at Henrik until this year, you know? So thank you, Ned Fitzpatrick for that huge shot because that gave me my first, I beat them at home. I beat them in the playoffs. I never won at Henrik. You know what I mean? So that I, I mean, that, to get that win there, that was like a, a huge monkey off my back. Yeah. Mount Pleasant, you know, you know, people say it's a rivalry with Mount Pleasant. Our record is not great. We always have great games. We always have tight games. We lost the buzzer last year. We had a four over game, overtime game a couple of years ago. And they're always tight games for the most part. But to get that win in a playoff game against them this year with, you know, going over time and Marquise hitting the big shot, that was huge, you know? So, I mean, this, this group just, you know, they really came in, just locked in, like, like we're here, the season started, let's go. And we dealt with some COVID stuff early, you know, Marquise was quarantined to start the year. Um, we had another player whose dad uh, had tested positive, so he had to leave the team, we were, you know, one of the guys on my bench, uh, one of my seniors. But, you know, we um, – they were just, I got to give them a lot of credit to deal with, you know, the hybrid learning schedule and whether you're in school or out of school and we're doing late practices and, you know, we got to take separate buses. So now, you know, you, you're in school, but then you're going to go home and you're going to be back. Cause now we're going to take a bus down to South Kingstown and we're not leaving until five o'clock. And I mean, they just handled everything with uh, really with, with such poise and with such grace that it made it much more manageable. You know, I mean, I don't know how every coach dealt with it. I don't know how every program dealt with it. Uh, but my kids did not miss a beat. They, they, they came in. It was business as usual. You know, they were happy to be around each other. They're happy to be around myself and my coaching staff. And we, it was reciprocal. We, we were glad that we were there and we were able to get the season in. You know, because going into it, we didn't know what it was going to look like. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were hearing it was going to be 12 games, 10 games, four games. You know, I had no idea. And I'm, I'm on the, the basketball committee. I used to be the president of the Coach Association. I've worked with the league. 
So I would kind of hear stuff and, you know, talking to, you know, whether it be I was on being on different committees, you kind of get an kind of inside look. And it was so up in the air up to the last second that we just didn't know what it was going to look like. And then once we finally got the okay, it was like, okay, what's this, what's this going to be like now? How weird is this going to be? Not having fans, you know, streaming every game, sitting on the opposite side of the gym. Like, I don't even stand on that side when I in practice. Like, I was never on that side of the gym. <laughs> it's just so odd. But, you know, my kids, you know, we were able to play St. Andrews. We were able to play St. George's. I mean, we just took as much as we possibly could out of this, and the kids just embraced it and, and accepted it and we got through it, you know, and you know, it worked out pretty well for us. Not not our overall goal, but overall we were pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was a great, great, great season. Great to watch you guys. I was gonna say that I think that Mount Pleasant game of you guys going, I think that I felt like that was like game of the year because that game was just back and forth. Yeah, the playoff game was absolutely yeah. crazy. Hansen, man, Hansen, he's yeah. tough. Oh yeah. my god, like he's and he's best friends with Stanley and Marquise. Like him and Stanley are like brothers. And he was just, it was, I finally, I called a timeout, I think at the end of like towards the end of the third. And I'm like, hey, the Hansei show is over. I'm like, you know what he's going to do. Like you've played against him your entire life. Yeah. He's going to go double cross and go middle. Like <laughs> keep in front of you. But he, I mean, he just, he and um, I mean, I think he had 24 that night. He was just, I was unstoppable. Like this is an unbelievable player. Yeah, it was that game was so much fun to watch. I just like I wish like I think a lot of kids and everyone was saying it was like I wish there was like a crowd there because it would have been absolutely. Just oh, crazy. it would have been, and especially with our two schools. Yeah. Um, I mean the crowds are just all, all the cities because we're playing Central, we're playing Hope, we're playing uh, Mount. You know the the crowds are just into it. They're every play matters. You know it's not one of those games where you look in the crowd and no one's paying attention. They're on their phones. Yeah. This is a game that everyone's engaged and they're talking and, and there's so much chatter going. <laughs> Onto the court from the crowd and into the court, into the crowd from the court. Yeah. And, uh, you know, more than needs to be, but, you know, that's, <laughs> I guess that, that's basketball in 2020. But, you know, it, it, it would have been, it would, to have fans in that game, I don't want to say the game was so great as it was because there was a small gathering of people in that gym. I'm not going to lie. There were some administrators there from Mountain, yeah. athletic directors, and, you know, and, and, and then you got the, you know, the, uh, the, the camera people and the mixtape people and <laughs> everyone had their own mixtape person there that night. yeah yeah <laughs> so it was more of a crowd that was used because i was concerned going into the finals because i'm like I, they couldn't talking to the mask with just a small group of people in the gym made such a difference yeah i they couldn't hear me my kids couldn't hear me i couldn't hear them so now going to rick and i'm i'm like can we say all right could maybe coaches don't wear masks unless you're in the huddle because yeah i, I mean being on a big venue but it, it the way they set it up it was fine. Like Rick, I thought Rick did a phenomenal job the way they, they set up the entire venue. Cause I had to go back to the scene of the crime the next day. Cause I did the radio for uh -huh. the girls championship game. So it was, it was fun to go back there 24 hours later. Yeah. As you said, I'm sort of a little, <laughs> it's a little tough to go right back to that. Right. You did great on the radio. Yeah. You heard you on the radio yeah. to watch the girls yeah. games. <laughs> you did great, but it's not, it gotta be not fun to be the show. Up no, no, yeah. I love doing the radio, but that was, that was brutal. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was tough to walk in that place the next day. So I could I could imagine. Uh, <laughs> Coach, last question. I asked all my guests this, and um, you know, you seem so involved with basketball and everything. But what's like one thing or something that you really enjoy outside of basketball that you like to do? Um, myself, I I, I love going to the gym. I love working out. Um, I love spending time with my wife and my dogs. Um, I have two lab puppies that are out of their minds. Um. <laughs> But, you know, it's, um, you know, basketball takes up so much 
Um, it has in my life. Basketball has been such a major thing in my life growing up. Um, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, when I was in college, um, after college playing you know, men's leagues, and I've met so many great relationships and great people through the sport. Um, and it's given me so many opportunities to do different things, you know, do the radio, um, be on these different committees, um, do things like a pod, like I, why would I be on a podcast part of this? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, it's just no reason for me to be on it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's just, it, it's been such a big thing and it's played such a major role in my life. It's just given me a lot of opportunities. Um, but outside of it, you know, um, I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm a Dean of Students at Central. I've been working at Central for 21 years. Um, you know, that keeps me pretty busy. Um, like I said, you know, just normal stuff, nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just trying to get through this weird time and, you know, make sure we, uh, you know, keep everybody safe and, you know, we'll get through it and see what happens at the end of the, end of the school year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I hope, I hope everything, you know, gets back to some normalcy a little bit as we right. progress yeah. with everything that's going on. But coach, that's all the questions I have for you. This has been awesome. Great, great time speaking with you and getting to know you as well. Um, any questions, statements or anything before we sign off? No, I, um, you know, I, I really appreciate what you guys have been doing um, with yourself and with the Bull and RI guys. And, and uh, you know, I think that it's great that you guys, give these avenues for kids to express themselves and, and kind of introduce themselves to the world. Um, you know, the, the stuff that uh, the Ramona's done with Ball and Her Eye has been phenomenal, the, the, the mixtapes and, and getting all these other guys that go out. Um, I do want to give one shout out to, to a guy that came to a lot of our games this year. He's friends with my guys. It was the, it's the MG tapes, MG mixtapes guys. And he was phenomenal. He, the, the work that he did, and the videos that he made of my, of my guys this year were, I mean, just, I show them to everybody I can. Like, guys at work, friends, people who live out of state, former players, former coaches. Like, this, the work that he actually does and how talented he is, it's crazy. it really is remarkable. That kid, he's tough. He's good. Like, yeah. I mean, to take stuff that he has and put different music to different, you know, music that you wouldn't think that our kids would listen to yeah. and put it on and, and – um just I mean they were unbelievable I couldn't wait when I saw him in the gym I got excited because I'm like oh this is gonna be <laughs> win or lose like we're gonna get a mixtape out of this this is gonna be good <laughs> yeah so I, I'm kind of hoping he does one on me at some point you know why not yeah yeah that'd be I'm great not dunking <laughs> any shots but you know I can I'm pretty animated on the sideline yeah yeah well <laughs> we'll give him a shot we'll let him know <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's a great kid he does a phenomenal job with everything oh yeah before yeah, he's it's very just, I mean just talent I mean, yeah He's like his vision for everything is, is, is insane, yeah. But he's done a, he did a great job, and I really appreciate all the other the footage and the coverage he gave my kids because, you know, it, obviously we're not having fans there, not even gets to see you, you know. And yeah, the games are streamed and all that, but how many kids are logging in and watching a full game, you know, on their phone or on their computer or on their iPad? It, it's you know, it's it's nice to have these little snippets because that keeps their attention too. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Watching a, you know an hour and ten minute game or watching a, you know a minute and a half footage. Yeah, big difference. So, but yeah, he he just did a, a fantastic job with uh, with my with my guys this year. That's awesome. That's great. Well, coach, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you. your time. This has been awesome. And once again, always guest. So anytime you want to come back on, you're always welcome back on. Sounds great. Sounds great. Yeah. All right, coach. Have a good one. All right, you too. Thank you, Jeff. All right, that was my interview with Coach John Kavanaugh. I really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, just a great interview overall. Can't wait to get him back on the show. Hopefully, either 
you know, sometime next year or just to talk sports or if David gets uh, David Duke is drafted, we'll definitely have to bring him on for that as well too and discuss about the, his draft status and, the, you know, have him, you know, what it was like to coach a young man like that. He does touch upon that in this episode, but it'd be awesome to do another interview with him or just talk sports overall. He's just a great guy. On Wednesday, I have another great episode for you guys with Coach Alex Ruiz. He is a coach with BCRI, Basketball Club Rhode Island, and just and runs the 401 Ballers account. Great, great guy, great interview. He does a lot, promotes a lot of kids, helps them get into colleges. Uh, he's just an amazing guy. So happy to see what he's doing and was just happy to sit down and have a conversation with him. A uh, long time coming and really enjoyed our conversation overall. And on Friday, I have Player of the Year uh, this from this year and, uh, you know, Classicals point guard and leader, uh, you know, second coach on the floor, Marquise Buchanan, great, great kid. Uh, really enjoyed our conversation as well, too, so be on the lookout for that on Friday. And Sunday will be a live show with the RI Knights. Be on the lookout for that with two of their members and players. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. We will see you guys on Wednesday, and I hope you guys have a safe Monday and Tuesday.